Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch. And again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I have a very exciting show for you today. I have an investor out there who is just crushing it. Uh, let's welcome Jackie Swiger to the show. How are you doing this morning, Jackie? Great, how are you? I'm doing very well. Why don't we first just introduce the world to who you are, what you do, what part of this real estate empire you, uh, what part of it you do, and, and all of that. Sure. Um, I'm Jackie Swaggerty, and my husband and I own Better Auctions House Buyers in Houston, Texas. We've been at it about three years now, um, in business for three years, and really full-time flipping houses just this year. Um, the first two years was just buying rentals, one rental at a time, um, and actually it, uh, it was a five-year plan, but everything started happening a little bit faster than expected, so it kind of sped up and ended up being a two-and-a-half-year plan. Um, and now here we are, full-time investing and flipping and loving it. Very, very cool. So let's let's break that down a little bit. When you said a five-year plan broke down to a two-and-a-half-year plan, was that like exiting the rat race or quitting your day jobs or what was the what was the plan? Yeah, um, I think our plan was very common. I think I, I I hear a lot of people have the same one. Our original plan was ten rentals, okay. five hundred a month cash flow, five thousand a month passive. Um, and we thought we were going to have to buy them by putting 15 or 20% down. So we'd originally planned, you know, to do about two a year. And then with each one, we learned a new trick. And as soon as we figured out private money and how to buy rentals with no money out of pocket, in some cases, even getting money back, that changed everything. Yeah, that, that private money thing. Once you, once, once you kind of unlock that, it's like, oh my gosh, the world is very different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy too many rentals. So yeah, how do exactly. I go down? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so you got your first rental time-wise like 2015-ish? Yeah, 2015. Uh, my husband okay. and I, we were high school sweethearts, and we had just reunited after 12 years apart. Wow. And, um, yeah, he had moved me up to Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> we got married in Vegas. We got pregnant. And we set out to um, raise a family here in Houston, where his company was headquartered. Uh, he was working for Kiewit Energy at the time. 
And uh, so we had his company transfers here. And at the time, I was nine months pregnant. I was too pregnant to fly. But we knew we wanted to buy rentals. So the first house I bought, um, it was actually on the same street as I live on now, a few doors down, was um, bought sight unseen. I was shopping on Zillow. Um, even as a long-time realtor, I still liked Zillow because it was so easy to use. And, um, and that was the first one. And we bought it with the intention of eventually turning it into a rental, which is why we bought, you know, kind of a $160,000 middle income house here up northwest Houston. And then um, moved us down here, and that's when the fun really started. Very cool. So I, I am curious about the sight unseen. I'm guessing your, your husband knew the area, or did, or did you just – sight unseen is just a phrase I don't hear a lot on this channel. So tell, what, what, yeah. what was that like? Um, well, my husband was able to fly down here and oh, make okay. a trip and, and look at a few houses. I don't remember if he saw this one or not. He okay. might not have. We'd, it was, it was, I was due in June and I was nine months pregnant. It was peak summer. Yeah. And um, in the 120 to $180,000 market in Houston is always multiple offer situations right. in the summer. So we had already been beaten out on lots of houses yeah. and even though we could have gone higher, I was adamant that I wanted to leave every house behind us. I just wanted to leave a wake of rentals with that owner-occupant financing. You know what I mean? Of oh, course, I do. Yeah. Wrong. We were moving into every single house, but um, the exit strategy was to keep them as a yep. rental. So this one, this particular one, um, there were five other offers. They were mm. all full price. As an investor now, it just pains me to even say I paid full price. <laughs> course live and learn um but i wrote a really nice cover letter you know i'm pregnant we need a house please let us buy the house i think it was the cover letter that got it sure. and that just shows sometimes it's the little personal touch above and beyond that'll that'll get you the deal yeah um so no. yeah for me it was sight unseen i saw a few pictures terrible photos not even <laughs> professional real estate photography take a phone yeah <laughs> yeah Exactly. In the evening. Well, it, it's funny you bring up that cover letter. So first off, cover letters are pretty common for owner occupants in hot markets like you describe. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually have all of my agents when I'm using a realtor to submit offers on properties today, they all send a cover letter, right? This is who I am. This is my company. You know, I, I have rental properties. I'm going to hold it for a long time. So I, I've used that to this day and, and sometimes it helps. So I think that's mm -hmm. a good tip for folks. So you, you come down, uh, your birth of your first child, I'm guessing, the way you're yep. telling the story. Okay. And so how long from the birth of your first child till you go, I'm getting a second rental? Uh, do you remember? Yeah. Uh, so when we moved in, she was about three months old. Okay. Um, and right away, I hit the ground running. Um, I'd planned on getting my real estate license. And I have a tiny estate sale company. I do a few estate sales on the side just because it's no overhead and ties in so well. Yep. And so um, the next one, uh, I started door knocking. Mm. I got some business cards and I door knocked this street. I door knocked my own neighborhood and just asked if anybody knew anyone looking to sell. And, you know, scary because um, we didn't know how we were going to buy the next one. You know, we've just figured it was going to be 15, 20% down. And, you know, we're a young family. Um, yeah, I didn't want him liquidating any of his retirement or anything like that. So 
just boots to the ground. And three doors down from me, uh, there was an older gentleman named Will. Looking back now, the house had all the signs of it. The front was overgrown. The garage doors were 30 years old. It was just a ripe for the picking investment property. But until you get into it a little more, it's hard to really see them. And he approached me about a month later and was like, hey, you had come door knocking and we were thinking about it and our house needs some work and we'd like to sell it to you guys. And um, that's the house that I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> we uh, bought it with another owner-occupant, 5% down loan, because it was only three doors down and it was a little bit bigger. Um, we decided to go ahead and just move right into it and fix it up while we lived in it. So with every one came a lot of important lessons. I don't know if I'll ever live in a house and fix it up. <laughs> Um, you know, just the invasion of privacy with the contractors, and I had this little baby, and so yeah, live and learn. Um, and this one was a, a great little deal. We bought it; it was worth like one eighty-five. We bought it for like forty. So the first house we paid like full market value for. This one we were probably all in at about eighty percent, which at the time was a home run for us. Yeah, um, and we learned just a little more <laughs> with with each one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's key. I, again, there's so many things you're just dropping that I want to make sure people pick up. First, um, you, you come down, right? Sign unseen, buy one, get in the game, right? You're committed. Uh, you write a cover letter to, you know, to, to jump to the front of the line because there's only one house available. Then within three months of having the birth of your child, you're already out of your, what most people would call out of your comfort zone and you're door knocking your own neighborhood. And um, that's amazing. Uh, I don't know many people that do that. So, so congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah so so you go from so from being a professional door knocker and driving for dollars things like that um did you ever start doing mailings or wh where does your where does your business go from there um so after we bought this one moved into it and uh, we turned our old house into our first rental which we yep. were super proud of it's a great rental right now just raised the rent um the third one came from a mail out. We started trying to expand on our marketing a little bit and we found some financing that was 15% down with 100% rehab money. And again, this is still before we learned about private money, but this yeah. is where it really did. So this next one, I did a little mail out. Um, I bought a list. Um, I, think, I think we used a Todd Swaggerty and Yellow Letter HQ and we sent a mail out with the Yellow Letter mail out. And then um, I bought another list on ListSource and I used Clicked Mail and sent just some little black and white postcards, you know, those 37 cents, same as the stamp ones. Yeah. Um, you'll notice them because they're not very shiny. They look like somebody didn't have a lot of money to spend on a mail out and that was us. <laughs> so a really nice family. Um, about a half a mile away from us, kind of the same neighborhood, uh, reached out to us and um, they were living in a four bedroom house. It was just an older couple. They wanted to downsize to be closer to their church. They go to Lakewood with Joel Austin and they just, they didn't have the money to make the repairs on their property and it hadn't been updated in 30 years. But the big kicker was um, this poor gentleman had lost a $600,000 retirement in the Enron scandal. So um, they didn't really want their neighbors to know the pickle they were in and stuff. And we were able to give them a, a cash offer. We were all in at about 75% on this one. Um, but what happened was uh, they didn't... They they needed a lot of time to move and so we were okay with working with them and we gave them like two or three months which was perfect for both sides because we had plenty of time to get financing on it yeah. 
my husband was working his great engineer job, you know, um, everything was going great. And then Hurricane Harvey hit oh. and um, the appraisal had already been ordered for several weeks, but the appraiser, I don't know if they were just booked out or super busy, but the appraiser just wasn't coming. And they said, um, I went to go get an extension signed because all we needed to close was the appraisal. And they said that they weren't going to sign the extension <clears throat> that they had, um, that we had until the end of the week to close. And so I remember I went to go get the extension signed on Monday night. At this point, I was in the first trimester with JJ, our, our son. So we were pregnant with number two by this point. Um, Juliet was about a year old. And, uh, you know, we'd come, become good friends with the family. We'd talk to them a, a lot. You know, I remember my baby Juliet crawling on the dining room table while we were signing contracts and me just being mortified that I couldn't contain her. <laughs> so I was shocked to sign the extension. So I had five days <clears throat> to close on this property. And that's when I figured out private money. <laughs> nice. All right. So how does, uh, so you're, you're, you probably leave that first meeting, right? Think going there, your friends, you think it's an easy sign for whatever reason. They have a bad day. They have a life event, whatever. They say, nope. End of the week, Friday. You're going back to the car. You're probably, if at least if it was me, I'd be nervous or scared. How does how do you flip from that to private money? I, I'm missing the light bulb. <clears throat> well, we were so close to getting the financing. All we needed to do was cash out the seller. Yep. It was a two hundred thousand dollar house. We were buying it for one hundred and twenty six thousand, mm. and it was too good of a deal to walk away from. I, I had to figure it out, and so I knew. Um, if I could just get somebody with 126000 to close on it, um, then we could, we could get the financing and be done in a few weeks and they would get bought back out. Yep. At this point, I'd had a two-year-old Honda Accord that I'd paid cash for, for a couple years prior that I had just sold for the 15% down payment money on this house. <laughs> you know, doing this, doing this by the book, same oh, way yeah. everybody <laughs> And um, <laughs> making all the same mistakes. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were, we had one car, and, you know, we, but you know, we were doing good. We we're happy to buy this second rental. And, um, I left, it was eight 30 at night. It came out of the blue. I thought, of course they were going to sign the extension. Yeah. And, um, so I had called my mom and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but one way or another, I'm going to make a list as soon as I get home of everybody that I know with money and I'm, and we're going to figure out how to buy this house. And at the time, I'd been in Houston for about a year, so I knew some investors, and I was confident I could figure it out. But my mom offered to lend. Um, her and my dad had just got divorced, and she had literally just enough to lend to, to let me close on this house and then get the loan and, and, and finance her back out. Yeah. So that's what we did. That was a, the first little private money loan was emergency situation and family. Um, and we closed on it, and it's a great rental right now. It's our highest cash flowing one. It cash flows about six hundred a month. Wow! It also, um, I had estimated the value at just under two hundred, um, but it's actually worth closer to two fifteen, and the market appreciates really nice. Um, so that was number three, and that's how we figured out private money, and and then it just got better from there. Yeah, once you, once you realize, oh. Private money, no, no points. No, I mean, you, you get to organize and, and create the own structure. It is, it is absolutely amazing. So, so you get past that third one, you get this great cash flowing property, 
Uh, I'm guessing, where do you sit now as far as rentals? You, you have the 10, you have the 15. What, what do you have now? We've got, we've got six right now. Okay. We've been doing three years. Our yep. plan was two a year. Yep. Um, and we got to six before my husband quit his job. Ah. So now we're having to figure out the long-term financing all over again. <laughs> yes. And I'm looking at a board right now with four you know, private long-term lenders because there's a way. At first I thought, going to buy rentals without 20% down and, you know, without solid everything, like a perfect finances. And then um, I figured out not only can you buy houses with no money out of pocket if you want to, um, you can finance them long term. There's the, the, where there's a will, there's a way, you know, you just don't know until you try and start doing it. That's awesome. All right. So now, so we, the rental story is awesome. You're, you've got to six, husband quits. Then you morph into a second kind of line of business and start doing flips kind of right at that. He quits and you start flipping or had you done a flip before he left uh, his full-time job? Um, well, we, we contracted a flip uh, May of last year and okay. it was a great deal. Um, it was a lady that I'd actually bought a condo from her that, was, that turned into one of our rentals and ah. referred, one of her uh, friends had passed away. So there was a lot of other investors, there was a lot of competition, but I had a little bit of an in. And so I, we got this deal for $100,000 and uh, Jesse started working on it all by himself uh, in the fall of last year. And so we had uh, Thanksgiving come up and Christmas and he had about six weeks of paid vacation saved up. So he decided to kind of just, he was sort of in between projects. So he decided it was a good time to take it all at once. Wow. And he was like, a, I don't even know how to explain, like a kid going to Disneyland. Like every, <laughs> he was like out the door at dark with his lunch pail. Like, <laughs> and I used to have to like kick him out of bed to go to his corporate job, you know? And, um, and so we were, we were driving home from Christmas and he was like, honey, I just don't think I can go back to working in a cubicle all day, every day. Um, I love it too much. And I was like, you know what? We've, we can make it six months, you know? Um, and if we can't make it, the worst case scenario is one of us has to go back and get a job. So we're already living the worst case scenario. Now or never, you know, we, we might as well try it. So... Um, he ended up actually quitting his job in January. Uh, you know, he graduated from A&M and he worked in the same job 12 years. Like, wow. yeah, I mean, it, you moved him all over the country. Um, <clears throat> but for somebody to work in one job for 12 years and then quit on a wing and a prayer, like, <laughs> um, but it, it, we finished uh, that house. Um, we sold it for just under 300000 We made close to six figures. And that's what we used to launch our company in the beginning of, of this year. Now we've, uh, I've bought and sold three or four at least, um, kind of quick whole tales. We've got a few flips going for him. And so far, so good. <laughs> that's, that, is, that is awesome. And to see two people so... Uh, committed and working together on the joint goals and, and willing to roll the dice and go, you know what, let's give it six months. I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's awesome. And it also seems, again, just speaking with you, but the way you tell the story, you, you guys complement each other really well, right? It seems like you're the face, you're looking at the sellers, the numbers, all of that. And he's like, he's out with the lunch pail working away. 
Exactly. All I want to do is acquisitions and all I've ever wanted to do is acquisitions. I love getting the deals. I love marketing for them. I love contracting them, but then I just want to leave that executed contract on my desk and go get the next one. So I need, I need somebody to help me with the back end stuff. And, um, you know, and I was okay doing all of it before cause it was just one at yeah. a time you know, yeah. and it wasn't that big of a deal. But now we're trying to ramp it up a little bit, um, you know, and make our business profitable so we can buy more rentals. And That's, that is so awesome. So as we sit here today, you know, it's been, it's middle of July, so call it seven months. Um, you've completed, you have six, six uh, rentals. You've completed four transactions as a couple in your business. And forgive me, what's the name of your business again? Better Options House Buyers. Better, you said that, I forgot. I didn't write that down. There you go. So is that kind of what the business is today? Just the two of you going after it? It is. Yeah. Okay. And we call ourselves Better Options House Buyers. Um, I do have my real estate license and, you know, nine out of 10 of the offers that I make don't work out as investment oh. leads. And so I turn them over to the realtors that I work with. I've got a team that handles the retail side um, because I can't do it all. And no. I know that now. I used to try to, but... Um, I've got kids that need me. And so in the evening I have to be there for them. Um, and so any, I stay focused on the acquisitions and on getting the deals. Um, but if it's any retail spinoff, I'm happy to take a referral fee yep. and uh, we just work it that way. We give sellers options from cash to financing all the way through to retail. I think that's a great piece of advice. We're going to hit that again because so the real estate investing has so many options where you can't go down. You literally can be pulled in thousands of different directions. And in your case, right, you have huge family commitments, two young children, a business that you're running to be, to be focused on your lane is awesome. But let's, I, I want to remind people because a lot of people that watch my channel have full-time jobs and I want them to go to pick their lane and stay in their lane, right? Don't get distracted by wholesaling or flipping, right? Buy and hold rentals are okay as a side hustle right? Focus is good. Would you say? Absolutely. I mean, real estate is such a huge field. Uh, it's impossible to learn it all and know it all. And at first it's really exciting because everything's new. You're like, Oh, what's a lease option? Yeah. What's a financing? But you, you soon learn that just knowing a few key things is all it needs. If the situation calls for it, you can figure it out. And you also learn in doing this that it's, it's really just constant problem solving. Um, so you have to be good at handling the problems as they come to you because there's no way to foresee everything. Yep. And just have trust and faith in yourself that whatever comes your way, you can overcome it and you can help the seller and you can help yourself and you can all work together to figure out whatever it is, title issues, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious as you sit here in July, um, have you thought about what your end of year goal is and maybe what your goal is three years out for your business? Well, the biggest problem we have right now is I want to keep everything that I buy, just <laughs> sell everything that I buy. So, um, so one property actually, it was supposed to be a quick wholesale, and uh, and it was. We we repaired it, we put it on the market, got it under contract, but it was contingent on um, the buyer selling their house, and. Woohoo! That contingency just expired yesterday, so <laughs> I get to keep it as a rental, um, which of course he's not as thrilled about. But it, it'll work out. Now I get to learn about how to figure out long-term private money lenders. Yep. And until you're presented with that challenge, you don't really have the motivation to figure it out. 
well, now I have to figure it out, you know, or put it back on the market and sell it, which I don't really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And really what you're sharing with us here is wholesaling, wholesaling, or flipping is short term active income money where you are, it's a job. Perfect. And what you're doing is you're like, no, I'm creating wealth, honey, right? I'm putting away college money for our kids and, and all of that. That's, that's really the balancing act, right? Absolutely. And I mean, if you pay your dues now and you buy right and you hang on to it, that's where the real wealth comes. And I know it because I see it. I've oh, yeah. got some peers that are, you know, 10, 20 years ahead of me and they've got just hundreds, if not thousands of doors, um, many of them completely paid for. But I also have peers that have been full-time flipping or wholesaling, and they don't have that built-up wealth like the people that have hung on to stuff. Yeah, something, you know, I talk to a bunch of wholesalers and whatnot that, that come across uh, the channel, and I, I try to impart the advice of if, if you can keep one out of four, right, mm -hmm. you're going to be in a much better position five, 10, 20 years from now, because again, it's a job, markets change, rules change. You know, it's, um, wealth is, wealth is built slowly one brick at a time or one rental at a time. In my mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah. That's exactly. awesome. So, um, when you look out at the business future, um, do you see yourself adding employees going to other markets or are you happy just driving to everything Houston's yours, uh, you know, your market and you're okay with that. Do you have any thoughts on other markets? Uh, I hear a lot about other markets. I'll be honest. Houston is so big to me that Houston might as well be 20 markets. Yeah. I come from New Mexico and the population of New Mexico is around 2 million, which is about the population of Houston. There you go. So uh, for expanding, um, I've added in a VA and we're definitely looking to hire full time, um, you know, an, an employed uh, specifically to help with the property management oh, yeah. because our rentals are furnished rentals for traveling nurses. Um, and so I definitely need kind of somebody in-house to help me with that. Um, I love the travel nurse niche. It's a really awesome niche. It's kind of in between long-term and Airbnb. Um, but you have that Airbnb capability because it is fully furnished uh, if you need to. So we're definitely planning on expanding and growing. We're going to keep on wholesaling, wholesaling, and flipping as like our job now. Yeah. But I'm always trying to keep almost everything we end up buying. Um, and then long term, I'm, I'm hoping to expand into small multifamily. I know a lot of my, my friends are doing large distressed multifamily, but you know, it's one thing to read about it and then try to leap in. But I really believe that you, a lot of this business is learning on the job yep. and you know, there's no way to do it than to just do it. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's, let's just poke at that traveling nurse idea just a little bit more because uh, that's a new concept for this channel. Uh, when you say travel nurse, it's furnished, they're month contracts. Um, do they look, do, does one nurse take one house or do you do it bedroom by bedroom or how does that kind of work out? So I've got four little one-bedroom condos um, in ah. the Heights, which is kind of a nice little area of town here, closer to downtown. Um, so these are just private one-bedrooms. Yep. I'm an animal lover, and so a lot of landlords will disagree with me, but three of the four are actually pet-friendly. Yes. Um, other rentals, I'm totally okay with being pet-friendly. I mean, I charge I charge pet rent and a you know deposit thing. Um, but that's my little way to give back to the community, have some more pet-friendly rentals out there. But this has come for 13 weeks at a time, and um, I'm able to charge you know, more than I would be able to get otherwise, of course, unfurnished. 
Um, the big kicker was the the condo I bought have a really high HOA fee that I have to pay regardless, but that HOA fee covers all the utilities. So I kind of figured if it's a little one-bedroom play that covers all the utilities, I started with one, and the demand was amazing. I immediately farmed that area, bought another. Anytime I have a availability, I have a waiting list. Um, but they come 13 weeks at a time, and the company's background check them and everything. So I know they're employed. I know they're background checked, and I, I don't screen them like I do my other tenants. And I've had zero problems so far. They've been great. That's awesome. I am curious, how far, because uh, do they, do they, A, do they come with their cars, or, or are you walking distance to the hospital? How does that all work? So far, every one of them has had their own vehicle. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Very, very cool. Well, do me a favor. How, if somebody wants to follow you and, and see what you guys are doing at Better Options House Buyers, how can they follow you, get, get plugged in, and just see all the good things you're doing? Uh, yeah, sure. You can follow us on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash betterop, B-E-T-T-E-R-O-P. Uh, for the ladies, I have a woman real estate investor group. Uh, if you just go to facebook.com slash group slash women investors, and it's uh, got about 1,300 members in it now. Uh, it's nationwide. Um, and you're kind of a free-for-all. You can post deals. You can post your pages. You know you can brag. Um, not really many restrictions. I just tried to make a platform where people could ask questions and, you know, brag about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, I think I personally – Again, I'm a guy, so again, this is probably my skewed view, but it does seem that the real estate investing game seems to be dominated by males, and there's no reason for it. Um, it's not a strength-based thing, and uh, I, I, there should be a lot more women getting into this because, generally speaking, easier to talk to, very creative, design aspects. Uh, I, think, I think real estate investing should be dominated by women, and I'd, I look forward to seeing more and more uh, do what you've done. Just jump in, start door knocking and just making it happen. You've, you've done a great job, Jack. It's been, it's been fun to listen to. You know, in my experience, I think it's more equal than you think. I oh, think good. The, the big players, um, the women, I think they're much more quiet than the big ah. players that are men is, is what I've been seeing. Well, I am very happy to see, hear that. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that's true. So uh, thank you for that. And again, thank you for all that you were doing. Thank you. Sure.